It is Wednesday, December 29th, 2021, and you are listening to Run That Back. I am Scott Bunn. And I am Tom Chalmers, and this is your Indie Sports Radio. That's right. It's the end of the year, Tom. We're, we're it's the almost... end of the year as we know it. Yeah. Yes, and uh, we're still here. We're still talking about football. But here we are, thanks, as always, for uh, tuning mm-hmm. in to our, our, our one-hour-a-week conversation about the, the world of sports and, and what it means to us. And we are always trying to find uh, stories and angles that maybe aren't getting covered on uh, every other show. Big thanks to, out to uh, Jen Russ, who was our mm-hmm. guest last week, uh, with an awesome report from being a, a, a scorer at the Smoky Mountain Big Grapple yeah. and just stoking conversation about <laughs> uh, high school wrestling and letting us know about uh, this magical town that produces all the, the gifted wrestlers of our of our country. I, and I always like when there's a first-time guest yes. on our show and then, like, on Facebook page, we get tagged mm-hmm. on them and just, this is the show that I was on and people are listening yeah. to me like, you were excellent, Jen, this is great. And it's always just like... Yeah, this it it always makes me feel pretty good about that. But we also have lots of guests um, throughout the year that yeah. are um, some of our favorites, and including one a little bit later in the program. Gary Leonard will be joining us. Gary um, is, is an old friend, so we can't wait to talk to him too. Yes, the uh, per capita hot takes that he's able to land. Oh my god. Uh, we just need to just step out the way <laughs> yes. and put put the safety goggles on. Uh, so I did uh, just looking back on the year a little yes. bit. I went through um, some of our looking at uh, some of the guests that we've had um, and looking at some of the highlights. Um, I, I did want to say that you know the first what was it ten months we did this over Zoom, yeah. um, and uh, like we did most of twenty twenty. What year is it? I don't mm-hmm. even know. Um, but we uh, we did that. And so then we were able to come back into the studio um, back in October, which was great. And our we had our first guest in the studio was our first guest ever, Philip Chester. Yeah. Philip's one of our best friends. He's been he's had some highs and lows the last couple of months. But, uh, you know, we're thinking about him always and love that he will perpetually be our Bill Murray. Yes. Uh- Always great to have him on. Yeah, it was nice doing the, uh, you know, the, the the Zoom version. Yeah, because it was just somebody in their home being like, "Oh, great, cool." Yeah, um, and not like, "Can you make it to the studio?" Yes, call? <laughs> right. The logistics were a little less cumbersome, and it allowed us to reach out to uh, a, a wider mm-hmm. um, net of people to to possibly. Come talk some sports and otherwise with us. Um, one of the things, so I'll, I'll start with some of the the Zoom folks. Um, your old friend Jessica Bendiger came Bendinger. on the, uh, Bendiger. Thank yep. you this year to talk about her film Stick It. Um, yeah. That was uh, that was a good one um, earlier this year. Yeah, uh, no, she did great. Yeah, we, we had her on last year as well, talking about her other film, Bring It On, mm-hmm. uh, which was celebrating an anniversary, and then we we brought her back to talk about. Uh, uh, Stick It, which is her gymnastics film that yep. uh, uh, many speak as, you know, the movie that really let people know what that was like. So, yeah, it's great. Yeah, that's a, a lot of what we do. Hooray that we have met some nice, talented people along mm-hmm. the way, whether it's where we grew up or went to school or, or where we have lived. And, uh, yeah, 
uh, Jessica's a perfect example of like, I could call my friend who's got this highly ranked sports movie. Let's yeah. do that. Let's yeah. do that. And then um, also the we had our first bowling show this yes. year. Uh, old friend Jason Collins came on for the first time, and he was Johnny on the spot there for um, for Pete Weber's infamous freakout, and he gave us his uh, blow-by-blow right. breakdown of one of bowling's strangest moments, so even sports' strangest moments. Really helpful to hear that there was the sort of the, the side bleachers yes. um, that were so if he's like pointing, it just seems like he's just like pointing at the camera, but actually there's some kind of uh, you know fans <laughs> off to the side, and yeah, all that was great. Yeah, And uh, yeah, I got to ask him some direct, <laughs> like, have you ever been sitting on a 200 and missed the last pin? And he's yeah. like, no, I I, I've never been that sad. It's like, that's just me. Okay, never mind. Uh, uh, but, but that was great, yes. Yeah, and we had uh, your old friend Nick Davis on twice, uh, first time early in the year about, um, you know, Mets and that kind of thing. And then we got to hear about a really special thing that Nick was able to do this yeah, year. Yeah, Once Upon a Time in Queens is 30-30 on the 86 Mets. Yeah, congratulations to Nick. When you, If you go to the ESP app and you go to their kind of, you know, docu-series uh, chapter... Uh, first entry, Once Upon a Time in Queens. Second entry, The Last Dance. Nice. So uh, n- nice to be at the top of that menu. Um, there are a couple of things that I really like that we we covered instantly. Uh, we did our NFL draft special again, yes. uh, as we've done the last few years. Clark Aycock and Jason Thurston joined us. Um, uh, the aforementioned uh, Gary Leonard joined us to talk about the Super League. Do you mm-hmm. remember that yes. in soccer? And like we recorded it on a Monday, like with like I don't think this thing is going to last. And but by the time it aired on Wednesday, it was completely over and gone. So that was this kind of like weird. Okay, something happened in the day and a half between recording and airing. <laughs> uh, yes, but that yeah, that was so strange. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll have Gary. <laughs> we also uh, there was just mechanics involved. Mm-hmm. And so we had him on enough. It was that episode, or otherwise, we had this heated, extended conversation about sort of racism and mm-hmm. sports and, and the protest and everything. Yeah. And it was just like it was great, but maybe maybe a little controversial. And they're like, "Wow, that was some serious." Oh, didn't record it. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Like, that sorry. The one thing. That, what about the time when you and I were farting around talking about like Jim McMahon or got whatever? that whole thing <laughs> yeah. down in, in, in stereo? Yes. yes. Um, but, uh, uh, one other one of those yeah. uh, Johnny on the spots was. Um, it, Loyola Chicago yeah. had that weird, not weird, but had a good run mm-hmm. in um, um, in the Final Four in March Madness. We had Brian McEwen on who went to yes. Loyola Chicago, so could all give that us that great. inside thing. Yeah, the, the college in the strip mall in Chicago and at Sister Mary and all that kind of stuff. Uh, all that was great. And then... Um, a couple, two more shout outs. Liddell Shannon came on twice this year, yeah. you know, big uh, women's soccer fan and talked to us about the Olympics and that big tournament that was happening in the winter. She was great, brought a whole bunch of um, guests. We had Dent Bradford from the Asheville Buncombe Regional Sports Commission on a couple mm-hmm. of times. Uh, and then uh, for me, a special thing, old friend Ed Southern uh, put out his book uh, called Fight Songs. Um, and we were able to do an in-store event at Malaprops in early October. And, uh, yeah, and that went off really well. 
And it was just as I was uh, doing that, I was like, oh, yeah, we also changed the name of our show this year. We did. <laughs> uh, we had been known for the first seven and a half years of our yes. existence as Steve Sack Syndrome. And then Mr. Uh, Sachs asked if we could go ahead and then change the show uh, the title. And uh, we sort of explained why we thought it was such a good name and mm -hmm. uh, not sure uh, if we changed his mind. <laughs> but then he really was like, uh, I'm starting my own podcast and it'd be great if there wasn't another one out there with my name on it. So right. Understood. Yep, totally uh, get it. The politics, I'll argue, but but market share, uh, no, I'll, I'll step back. Yeah. I understand. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so, um, so yeah, we we are now run that back and and happily so. So yeah, those were some of the highlights um, from this year um, in terms of our guests. It's been great, and yeah, doing the uh, <laughs> the uh, at, at home version had a lot of times of not a good time. How about yes. tomorrow? My yes. wife would just get in the way. And then yeah. Your, your uh, family was on a trip out west and they yeah. just had some emergencies come up. You're like, uh, not uh, a good time. Yeah. Uh, which, I, hooray, the yeah. at home version allowed for that. And you can't exactly yeah. kind of go, hold on, listeners. Uh, yes. I got to call in a credit card number yeah. <laughs> to somewhere in yes. Montana. Oh, my gosh. Um, thanks for bringing that. <laughs> I had forgot about that yeah, moment. Good. But it, 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 it all got managed. Yeah. And so uh, whoever was our guest that week. I Nathan think, Duvall? Or maybe? Jeff Carnavalli, maybe? Maybe Jeff, uh, yeah. We're all like, oh, we felt helpful yeah. by just also having nothing the next morning. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah, fine. That's fine. <laughs> I'm helpful. That works. Um, so do you want to go to this uh, quick bit? Um we talked about replica jerseys, yes. uh, throwback jerseys a couple of weeks ago. We sent some out to um, some friends and we got, so the three things were like, what's one that you would buy? What's a deep cut that you think would be pretty fun? And then what's a player that somebody's like, yeah, they're they're not on the list. Like mm -hmm. permanently, you know, for whatever like, reason. Oh wow, yeah. really? Yeah, going with that one. Are yeah, you? yeah. Um, so Ed Southern uh, yes. talked about him just a minute ago. Big Wake Forest fan. He said, "If I could only buy only one Wake Forest repl replica jersey, I wouldn't because I'm a grown man who's not on the field or court playing for the Deacons, and so wears adult clothing to watch games." Replica jerseys on adults was the first step down the slippery slope that led to teachers on their hands and knees scrambling for cash at a hockey game. <laughs> Fight me. If I was forced to buy a replica jersey, John Wolford, the guy spent his freshman and sophomore years riding for his life behind a porous offensive line, then spent his junior and senior years setting records and winning ballgame shoots out, and then appeared in a playoff game for the Rams last year. He did. Um, so... In terms of a deep cut, he offered uh, we, our housemates Jimmy Kemp, son of Jack Kemp, yes. who played for Wake Forest. He also said, or maybe Cal Boyd, who played his heart out at the bitter end of the Bob Stack era of Deacon basketball. He would have been a three-point sharpshooter, but the NCAA hadn't introduced the three-point line yet. And he said... Um. Yeah, I don't want to do the the last the canceled one. <laughs> that, that is a category that kind of remains uh, off camera. Yeah. Um. And so then talk to Jason Thurston, one of our draft gurus. He chose. He's a big Buffalo Bills fan. He chose Thurston uh, Thurman Thomas. He said, um, he, he. I love that he wholly embraced the city and lives there to this day. Furthermore, I had a cool interaction with him at Andre Reed's Hall of Fame induction when I was panicking about my phone, hoping the battery would survive. I looked up and Thurman walked by 
two feet from my face when I gasped, it's Thurman Thomas. He and his wife turned around and laughed in a very friendly manner that made me adore the man even more. Uh, it's a deep cut. He said, I saw a woman wearing a Brian Mormon jersey at the NYC, NYC Bills bar a couple years ago. Mormon was the Bills Pro Bowl punter for years. The only Pro Bowler we had was our punter. He said, I had to say something complimentary despite the worry she'd think I was some old dude hitting on her. Thankfully, she seemed to take it in the manner intended. He also mentioned, like, who's off the list for the Bills. Like, Dean Kane was on, actor Dean Kane was on there. But Jason doesn't quite agree with his current politics. And for similar reasons, Cole Beasley might be on that list mm-hmm. as well. So there we go. There's some more from, from our past guests. Oh, those were good. And hopefully that segment lets people know right from the start we came on. We're like, hey, so we're going to spend an hour talking about sports. And probably 20 minutes of that is just going to be like apologizing for sports. Yes. So we're, like, we're so sorry <laughs> that so often people just behave so poorly uh, in response and uh, in reaction to this. And we're not them. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, but may- maybe sometimes we are just a little bit. Just a little bit. So for many years, uh, right before our show would go on in Studio A here in the Asheville FM studios, uh, there would be a quality program DJed by our old friend Gary Leonard. And often Gary would be like, what are you guys talking about today? Because actually, I love music. But I really am better equipped to talk about sports. And so eventually that led to many invitations. He's no longer on the Asheville FM team, but he's on the Run That Back team. Uh, Gary Leonard, welcome back to Run That Back. Wow, what an intro. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I miss those times where my show preceded you all's. I'm so thrilled that you all invited me to, to Run That Back. My first time on Run That Back, but not obviously my first time chat with you all. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to it. Well, we wanted to do a year in review, and you, more than any other guest we have, uh, carry the capability of considering many different sports at once and having strong opinions and passions along the <laughs> way. So you just seemed a great filter <laughs> to uh, uh, l- look back. And uh, we sort of teased it as we headed into the music break. We talked lots of sports with you, but uh, soccer is what was the most pointed uh, crossover conversations that we would have. So we, we wanted to yeah. check in with you and yeah, just sort of, it's, it's crazy how much has happened in this year for soccer. Yeah. So in a, in a year where, you know, so many things continue to be uh, right. strange and disturbed. There was so much that was done. Um, you know, we had the, uh, you know, We've already crowned a, a Premier League champion, a, a UEFA champion, a, a yep. Euro champion, uh, a Copa America champion. There yep. are so many great things. Lots of coaches getting fired. Some, yep. uh, you know, remarkable transfers and all, and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, uh, you know, so <laughs> there's our 15 minutes on it. Me just summarizing <laughs> yeah. it. Um, so uh, what strikes you, we'll just start there, f- for the year that was uh, 2021 in the world of uh, football? Oh, goodness. Um, so, so much to say in the, in the year of, of football and soccer and Premier League and just sports and all. So, again, really looking forward to it. And, and the intro in terms of me being 
best equipped to talk sports. I think that's applicable to everything that I do. I'm probably best <laughs> equipped to talk sports more than anything else. So I'll just let like I'll add that to my CV. To be honest with you, of all the things I've done, I'm best equipped to talk sports. But but the Premier League was an interesting one, as in the case, which is going to be a running theme throughout. Um, this entire segment is, is COVID. And, and as folks may recall, as they're kind of reflecting on the year that was and everything's a bit merging together, like I don't know 2020 from 2021 yes. and what will it be 2022. It's all a bit of a blur and nothing is linear by any stretch. But 2021 Premier League season, um, by and large, was uh, played without fans. And that was a big deal coming into it. And in fact, because the Premier League actually shut down the year prior because of COVID, there was only seven weeks after the conclusion of the 2019-2020 season into the 21 season. And so things were just really strange coming into into the start of the season. And even stranger, once the game started, uh, began to kick off. So not only did you have teams playing one another without fans, which was just really surreal on a lot of levels, early in the season there were numerous teams who all at different points were first place. Yeah. So you had the likes of Arsenal, Leicester, Everton, Liverpool, Southampton, even Tottenham at one point was first place in the last season. So it was all really jumbled. And, you know, through December, um, there were only like a few points separating the, the, the teams at the top. And I'm a Liverpool fan. Um, and it was a really hard season last year. So we had just won our 19th title, um, mm. which was our actually first ever Premier League under the under the umbrella of the uh, of the Barclays Premier League. It was the first time we won. So there was a lot of hope coming into the season that we would be able to repeat as as champions after winning it for the first time. And then for Liverpool and a lot of other clubs, to be fair, um, we got hit with the massive injury crisis. We, yeah. we lost arguably our, our, our most valuable, perhaps our best player in Virgil van Dijk. We actually lost our top three center backs um, at the beginning of the season. And, and we still were able to maintain a lot of momentum. And Liverpool were actually, we were top of the league coming into the Christmas uh, festive season. And then at the start of the year, the turn of 20, uh, 2021, everything kind of hit the fan, to be honest with you. Um, we lost, uh, we lost uh, our first home match um, mm. in, in forever. Uh, I'm trying to figure out exactly what, what it was. Um, right. We went from first place yeah. to eighth place by early March. And it was our first home defeat in 68 games. And we end up losing like six consecutive home matches at Anfield, which was a fortress for us. And then eventually Manchester City kind of overtook it and, and they end up winning the Premier League. And then throughout the season, there was the big debacle. I remember coming on your show and talking about it. There yes. was, you all remember the Super League? Yeah, we, um, we talked was, about that yeah. earlier at this show too. Yeah. Yeah, there was the, the rather shambolic Super League attempt. Um, a bunch of managers. <laughs> got fired i think i think jose got fired in 2021 yeah. sure um, or maybe 2020 and then most recently here in this season um Ole Gunnar Solskjaer with uh united got fired which felt like it dragged on forever and uh now we're in the thick of it right now with manchester city yet again um atop the premier league with with chelsea and liverpool recently here dropping points but yeah. as you as you mentioned tom there were just a bunch of tournaments so uh the european uh championship which is actually one of my favorite tournaments was scheduled to play in 2020 but got pushed back to 2021 uh, Messi finally won an international tournament 
And um, yeah, the in Chelsea end up upsetting Manchester City in the uh, the Champions League final. So a lot of really iconic moments um, and a lot of low points as well for for different clubs and, and players. Uh, Gary, I watched a little you know year in review. Actually, twenty twenty one. Not only that, at the beginning of twenty one, um, the Chelsea coach was Frank mm-hmm. Lampard. Is that yes, his name? Yeah, like he oh was fired in twenty twenty one. So there's yeah, it's and, crazy. And that seems like five years yeah. ago. It yeah. was it was early twenty twenty one that that happened. Nothing. Nothing about time makes sense right now. It's no. it all just like completely uh, blurs together. Um, I did want to say you did miss one iconic Liverpool moment, and that was. Um, you had a walk-off goalie goal um, oh at the gosh. end of the 2020-2021 season. In, where, in the last seconds of extended yeah. time. That was so that awesome. Was the, that was at the, and, and to talk about uh, like, and a, like a top-class header, yeah. um, at least Alison Becker, uh, Brazilian keeper, one of the best in the world for, for Liverpool, where, where it's, 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 uh, it's deadlocked, and I think it's like three minutes in stoppage time, and the keeper comes up there and just like, comes swooping in, uh, curls it top corner, just like like you don't you're not going to see that for many years, and it's just a, a, a absolutely brilliant moment for Liverpool. What are the what are the bright moments for um, otherwise kind of kind of a pretty um, lackluster season to be honest for well, for us Reds. Yeah, Gary, I'm so glad you brought that up. I did want to talk about that. Yeah, so Liverpool's late game goal heroics mm-hmm. are just remarkable yep. that it's become a thing now. So they played uh, Leicester City last week in. The something something cup, um, so it was a midweek. Oh yeah, um, yeah, and the the Carabao Cup. There you go. And Leicester City is up three <laughs> two in like the 88th minute, but they are panicked. Yeah, you could just tell that they're like, oh no, it's going to happen again. That they just start like ru- literally like running into each other and just sort of making these flubs. And sure enough, like. <laughs> In the 90th minute, there yep. goes Liverpool uh, gets gets a, a goal, and because it was uh, for a cup, uh, they went to penalty kicks, which yeah. Liverpool won. But it's so crazy to see how the other team is just, uh, oh no, we know they're going to score on us, <laughs> and there's nothing we can do, even though we're ahead or tied at this moment. Um, so, what? How, how does that happen, Gary? <laughs> yeah, and I'll, I'll just quickly say, in my lifetime, I don't think I'll ever, ever have a, a better manager uh, managing my my team, Liverpool, mm. Liverpool um, than Jurgen Klopp. I, I think he's just so perfect, like tactically, um, his personality. Um, I think his just like his um, man management and his just like will to drive his team forward. I, I don't care how much money uh, Manchester City, how well coached they are with Pep Guardiola, how many points they are ahead. As long as there's a chance, I believe in Jurgen Klopp. And I think you see that on the pitch every game. Like, obviously, we lost actually Leicester uh, this week um, in the Premier League. But, you know, you're down 3-0. I never think we're out of it. I, I just mm. think as long as Jurgen Klopp is at the helm, there's always a chance because I think there's this, this deep belief. Um, and, you know, it's just like it's such a contrast for Liverpool fans from where we were during the dark days of, uh, you know, even Brendan Rodgers and Rory Hodgson and towards the latter part of 
Rafa Benitez, and even, you know, when we had a legend come in uh, managing our squad, is, you know, Liverpool hasn't always been the side that we see now, and we're all just really lucky and really fortunate. And, you know, I, I just think, like, th- like, how does that happen? How do you win so many games at the death? I think when you have a, when you have a manager like Jurgen Klopp, uh, there's always that chance. And then also, like, we have world-class players as well that are, even at a Carabra Cup, you know, you, you're able to bring on guys like Takumi Minamino and Divic Origi who don't get games in Premier League matches, but they're still match winners, and so they can always turn a game on its head at any point. So, uh, yeah, I think as long as Jurgen Klopp um, <laughs> is managing my Reds, I, I think we've got a chance to, to win all the trophies. That's great. Uh, I think for you know, as a Man City fan, and again, uh, you know, this is going back, you know, 10 years. I don't go back. Like, as a child, you know, again, <laughs> I've just been rooting for them for, you know, about a decade now. But when you like a team, sometimes you are more nervous and more grateful for the, the trade or the transfer that didn't happen right. than the one that did. So for uh, Man City, there's a lot of talk, you know, when uh, Cristiano Ronaldo was sort mm-hmm. of floating yeah. for a second that he might end up there. And I'm like, oh, I just don't know if that's right. And he yeah. went he went back to Man U, which made sense. And he had some great g- goals in his first games back. But you can tell there's not a, a lot of great chemistry there, maybe. He's he's a tough player. A bit of a Jamie Tart to make a, a Ted Lasso reference. <laughs> yes. um, and then also they were talking about uh, bringing in um, Harry Kane. Harry Kane, and I'm like, and I just really like that they were mostly good with what they have. Jack Grealish was a yep. nice addition, um, and they really sort of. I, I feel like we've seen uh, improvement from uh, uh, Mares and Sterling mm-hmm. and uh, Jesus, who finally are finishing on the goals that yep. they were just sort of kick over or around the goals for so many years to come. So I really appreciated that they did not kind of land the big whale um, only to like disrupt the, you know, the system, the system, which, which clearly works. I mean, they rarely lose. Yeah. Rarely. Well, let's, let's, let's also be clear though, for the listeners, although Manchester city weren't able to get Ronaldo and Kane, you all are not short at all in terms of like funds that you're pumping into the squad. Like you broke the the English uh, transfer record in Jack Grealish, and like just like like there's so much skill and talent mm-hmm. all throughout. But but to your point though, Tom, I think you know with Ronaldo and everything that we're seeing at United, even his time as Juventus, like there's no question that Ronaldo is arguably you know one of the top players ever. Right? Like we're just witnessing greatness the same way that we're watching Brady, the same way that we're watching LeBron and Steph. Like these are players whom will define you know the the sport that we we love forever and like you know our great-grandchildren will be talking about it but Ronaldo changes the entire composition and structure of a team right like the way that he plays like the same way that Juventus lost a lot of their DNA mm-hmm. when he went there I think differently but similarly like when when Ronaldo and that type of profile goes to a side like United who finished second like let us not forget that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer for all of his like wards he took the team to second place in the Premier League yeah. the year prior you bring Ronaldo in that team you bring in Jaden Sancho and you have Bruno Fernandez pulling the strings and you have Rashford and all this other talent you're like oh yeah they're gonna challenge City for the title and it all went to it all went to hell yeah. and I think so much of that is like the way that Ronaldo requires so much of that is you're not playing team ball anymore yep. you're not moving the ball around you're playing through this like transcendent player and I think City you know for all of the talent they have in midfield they're playing with almost without a striker yeah. right you know I know they have like uh, Jesus and Mares kind of and even Foden as kind of these false nines but like I think that's Pep Guardiola's DNA like he preferred to play that type of like 
tiki tiki tack style that he was part of his DNA in, in Barcelona. And I think you're seeing a much better product at City without the likes of Ronaldo or Kane that you're you know you you suffer when you're so dependent on the one striker to get your goals. Yes, uh, there was a really. Uh you know, telling clip from when Juventus was uh, eliminated from the uh, Champions League, like back uh-huh. back in the, the dressing room, and Ronaldo was just yelling like, "We can't play like this. We got we." You know, and he's mm-hmm. just yelling, and everyone's like, "You're there too." Yeah, you know? right. And he said, "No, I'm I'm talking to me as well." But yeah. like, but he's just like yelling that like losing is not acceptable, and you can just tell everyone else in the, the locker room was like, "Okay, dude," but like yeah. you were there too. Yeah. Okay, we are back here on Run That Back. We've got Gary Leonard, uh, who's, uh, yes, bringing us his hot takes from around the world of sports. Uh, And uh, uh, we did want to move over to the world of uh, the NFL. And Tom, you had... You had this uh, this fun song that we just listened to uh, a little bit. What uh, and it inspired a topic that you had for us. Well, there's so much conversation that goes out about the NFL and otherwise. And you know, uh, Gary, we've had you on to talk about the Washington Football Team, but yes. uh, again, they had a they you know made the playoffs last week uh, last year. Yeah. Had a yeah. nice challenge to the Buccaneers along the way um, with Taylor Heineke. But they sort of, people wondered, well, would they, you know, matriculate to a, a, a more, you know, elite quarterback? And instead they're like, no, we're going to go with uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yes. Um, uh, which is, again, older sort of veteran, been with a bunch of teams, and it just, just didn't work out. And uh, their season has suffered because of it. So with all the conversation... If you look at the top of the league, you're like, yeah, those are the five or six best quarterbacks, and everybody else is just sort of wishing they were there. Um, so how's how's it been to follow the, the the Washington football team this year? You know, I'll be honest with you. It hasn't been so bad, and I, I think I'm, I'm very much a realist when it comes to my Washington football team fandom on a lot of levels, both in terms of how I see it playing out on the field and my, my feelings, oftentimes critical feelings regarding the owner <laughs> right. uh, and other things regarding the franchise, um, which is, you know, I think as a Washington football team fan, you kind of just have to be. You have to be a glutton for punishment, and you kind of have to sometimes lower your expectations. So I'll be honest with you. I actually didn't expect um, I didn't expect the playoffs this year. I think the first year under Ron Rivera, I think we absolutely overachieved. Mm. Um, we overachieved with, you know, a, a strong defense that is able to tout um, – trot out four first round uh, draft picks on the defensive linemen. And I think last year when we were able to get the second overall pick and Chase Young immediately made a massive impact. I think we were able to carry a lot of that momentum. And I think we surprised a lot of teams. And, uh, you know, I, I think this, you can't talk about sports in 2021 without kind of talking about COVID and the impacts of it. Like mm-hmm. this was the second year the NFL was navigating COVID and, and for, for most of it, again, this was without fans. And I have to say that because for Washington, um, I don't know if anyone has ever watched a Washington game or been to a Washington game. But there's not a lot of fans there to begin with. <laughs> right. a, lot of, a lot of the fan base has like has kind of left the team after various things that has happened, and, and rightfully so. And so I think in many ways, like it kind of helped us. You know, We didn't have the pressures of being able to look at the stadium and seeing – all the empty seats and kind of having, you know, Dallas Cowboy fans and other opposing teams right. just take over, take over FedEx Field, which sadly happened way, way too often. Mm. And so I think we definitely exceeded expectations and like that magical run with um, 
with Heine Key and almost upsetting the Bucks. It was great. And like, it was, it was, it was brilliant. And it was fun to root for, especially as, you know, again, rooting for a team where there's not too much to root for. Um, But but to your point though, I think this year, I, 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 yeah, I I wish we would have been a little bit more aggressive in getting our franchise um, signal caller, right? Like if there was, you know, there were a lot of um, quarterbacks that went in the first round this year. and, And I think where, we were picking in the draft. I think there was an opportunity for that. Um, in the offseason, there was a lot of uh, discussion in terms of Washington being aggressive, going after a guy like Matt Stafford. There was even rumors of a trade offer that we put together that included a first-round pick, that included uh, Deron Payne, a former um, uh, a defensive tackle who was a fir- former first-round pick for Matt Stafford. But ultimately, he went to the Rams, and the Rams are doing really well. Um, and are looking like a real Super Bowl contender. And, you know, we went with the old veteran. We went with the, you know, the 40-plus-year-old Ryan Fitzpatrick to kind of hold the fort down as we build the rest of the roster out. And I think for this year, the thinking was that we'll just kind of kind of follow a similar blueprint um, to, to what we did last year. And I think we were able to kind of keep it close for the most part. But, you know, I think in the end, like, quarterbacks win games. And they win, you know, like, they're going to, like, um, change a game for you and they're going to break it open. And I think, you know, this team is starting to slowly build talent. Um, it's starting to slowly build a foundation of, of young core players. And, and even more importantly, I would argue it's starting to kind of change the culture. Um, what was a really nasty, toxic culture yeah. under previous regimes, um, potentially still with the current owner and just constantly having headlines with Dan Snyder. And so I still believe in, in the progress, like, last or this week's shellacking was was not fun to watch um, <laughs> right. losing losing by 50 plus points or whatever it was to our rival cowboys but i i just think that in and of itself was a microcosm to just like the the difference of class between the two teams right like you have like jack uh, jack prescott is, is a franchise quarterback he's one of the top you know 10 arguably top five quarterbacks in the league and obviously the cowboys have a lot of talent around that and i think that's what shows and that's what's going to win you games. And, you know, for me, it's like, let's keep building. We're not going to make the playoffs this year. I didn't expect to, um, I, for, for just like where I'm at and maybe it, my, my bar is just far <laughs> too low is I just really want to not have to read headlines of the owner and talk about right. all the scandals and all the controversies and all the rumors and all the leaks. I just want Ron Rivera, who I think is a really great coach. And I think Washington is lucky to have him as a coach. I think Jason Wright as a team president was a really good move in terms of kind of creating like um, overall like administrative staff and kind of changing that culture. I just want to begin to like like ha- focus on that and not the other stuff. And so unfortunately that continues to be mired in this team. Um, but yeah, I, I think we absolutely coming into this offseason, we have to land. We have to land a franchise quarterback, whether that be in free agency, whether that be through a trade or whether it be the draft, but I can't see Ron Rivera going to his third season. When we brought Ron Rivera on uh, two seasons ago, he said, I need three seasons to turn this team around. And so I think we're going to see it. Um, so for me, I'll just say, like, it hasn't all been awful um, this year. I think we've done okay with what we have, but uh, my expectations weren't too high, even with the, with the playoff berth uh, the year before. Gotcha. Gary, that was very good. I hadn't really thought about that. Maybe the Washington football team was one of those teams that kind of benefited from mm-hmm. uh, empty stands, not sort of seeing the half and half, you know, the outsider attendance. Um, well, Scott, yeah, uh, your favorite team, the Buffalo Bills, you were able in the early part of 2020 to extend into the playoffs, thanks largely to your emerging franchise quarterback, Josh Allen. Yeah. And then you sort of had to wonder 
maybe that was a little too much too soon um, as he struggled a little bit uh, in, in this season. But he sure was great this past weekend as they uh, had a really nice victory over the New England Patriots. Yeah, it's funny because um, Allen has had some down games, but a lot of it has been the offensive line play has been awful, mm-hmm. and he like drops back, and there's five guys in the in his face. Not to say that Allen's been completely blameless for a lot of those uh, those losses, but sometimes it's kind of like he's doing everything he can mm-hmm. in terms of what's given to him. But yeah, and just going back to the franchise quarterback thing, uh, we saw that like Allen was magnificent against the Patriots. He was just great, and. We also saw that their rookie quarterback, Mac Jones, if he is going to be a franchise quarterback, uh, the last two uh, weeks for the Patriots, we've seen that they get behind early and they don't really have the capacity to to get back into the games and so you know some of that is a lack of weapons but also that's because of him he isn't really the big like uh, okay i got this guys um and so i i think we're we're seeing that you know it's still a long season this thing's taking way too long i'm like this should be ending this week yeah i can't believe we have two more weeks of this this is kind of crazy Um, but we need to just shift to NBA just quickly uh, yeah. while we've got Gary. We do. And the Gary, we always uh, like having you on, uh, t- talking your Washington teams. And, yeah, the, the Washington Wizards, um, who kind of uh, eked into the playoffs last year in the, in the kind of the bubble 8-9 kind of uh, matchup. Um, but then they made the big trade. They sent uh, Russ, Russell Westbrook to the, to the Lakers. And got a lot of the players that maybe LeBron was like, I can't wait for them to develop. But uh, they've had a really nice uh, start to their season so far with a lot of these players proving that they deserve to be in a starting lineup in the NBA. Yeah. Oh, man. The the last NBA season was just we could have an entire show just talking about <laughs> some of the storylines. I, I think what are the what are, again, an interesting aspect of just like the quick turnaround is like from where we went to like the bubble to just mm-hmm. 72 days later yes like having the new season right and so everything just doesn't really make sense and then the raptors couldn't because of cross-border restrictions had to play in tampa yes. and then this was the first and then and the wizards my wizards my whiz we benefited from the first ever like play-in tournament which was um from the bubble and you know adam silver's always trying to kind of think about ways to kind of bring in more revenue and, yep. and more fans and so he created this this play in tournament in which the whiz we would not have made the playoffs <laughs> otherwise. Um, and, and we were able to, we were able to eke in and then we, we got trounced by um, the, the Joel Embiid led Sixers. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with the wizards. We, I think the, the one year that we had um, triple double Russ um, was a good one for us. I think it was a nice transition. I mean, Tommy Shepard, the GM for the wizards, mm. I think needs a lot of credit for turning a very bad, and contracts in NBA, unlike other other uh, sports, are really hard to get rid of. You can't yeah. just like release a player without actually impacting your salary cap. So you know, there's that comes with a lot of kind of the the players' unions in the NBA, making sure that a lot of these players are being guaranteed the contracts that they were signed. And so, when you had a guy like John Wall, who you signed a supermax, you were then able to turn that into Russell Westbrook, and then you're then able to turn that into three players in Contavious Caldwell Pope. Uh, Kyle Kuzma and Montrez Harrell, all three players who are contributing to, you know, we started off really well. We've 
kind of um we've kind of uh leveled off a little bit but i like the direction yeah. of the squad to be honest with you um i think we're i think we're heading in the right direction um uh, I was going to say just a couple other things in terms of the NBA that I think that we just need to really remember about this season was the Trey Young becoming the supervillain yeah. of New York City. Oh, which that's is awesome. like one of the most iconic things ever. Um, I remember the, the Kevin Durant uh, Game 7 Supernova game. That was just phenomenal. That was like one of – and coming off an Achilles injury, which yeah. like, as we're talking about sports injuries, that shouldn't happen. And to watch KD, one of the greatest players of all time, just be able to do what he's doing is just really phenomenal. One of the most unlikely MVPs of all time, and Nikola Jokic, which mm-hmm. was just really phenomenal. And then, um, and then, and then, lastly, Giannis Antetokounmpo after dropping fifty, going into a Chick Fil A, holding a fifty piece, was just like one of the most <laughs> iconic things. And so I love, I absolutely love this NBA season. I can't wait to dive into it a little bit more. Um, unfortunately, COVID and, and health and safety protocols are just really wrecking the season right now, and it's just yeah. wrecking just like so many things and uh, you know sports just feels very arbitrary in the grand scheme of everything else but you know it's, it's just hard as a viewer and a fan to watch it and not know i watched i watched a wizards game last night and i didn't quite know a quarter of the team that was out there and i think that's just kind of the reality of um of where we're at but i uh, know i'm happy with my wizards we finally got rid of um our coach scott brooks um, I thought that was long overdue. I think right. we brought in the right guy to lead the team, and I think we're heading in the right direction. We got a couple big decisions coming up with Bradley Beal's impending free agency this season, um, but I really trust his GM. I think he's really sharp. I think he's really thinks outside of the box, and I, I'm here for the Wizards. Like like the 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 rebirth of the Wizards. It's been it's been far too long. <laughs> <laughs> it has been far too long, and it's been far too long since we've seen you in person, Gary. So we I thank know. you for calling in. It's always a delight, always a treat for us. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on uh, on Run That Back, y'all. So we we come to the end of the year. We come to the end of the show. And uh, often we've sort of <laughs> borrowed this uh, segment name from uh, Josh Batner's Coffin Corner. Where Coffin we Corner. Sort of recognize either athletes or celebrities who have uh, uh, passed away in, in, over the past week. And we come to uh, someone who is all those things. Yeah, uh, was uh, an athlete uh, and a coach, and then perhaps one of the most well-known sports commentators ever. So uh, John Madden passed away this week, and we thought we'd just talk a little bit about uh, uh, what that means and uh, just how big that big man was uh, oh my in the gosh. world of football and, and sports in general. And he passed away at the age of eighty-five, but he is somebody who's just been. In my life for football the entire time, you know, um, because of, you know, I came to, he, he stopped coaching early. So I'll let you talk about him as a coach mm-hmm. for your favorite team, but just, yeah, versus a broadcaster where he was appointment viewing. Mm-hmm. Like if he did your game, it meant it was a really big game. And then also, of course, Madden PlayStation uh, or Madden f- football for all those gaming things. That's how my son knows him as is just the name of this thing. They just say Madden and they don't even really know who the guy sure. is anymore. He doesn't even do the voiceover. Lots of things to mention. But yeah, so that he was approached to because he used to do like, you know, the, the all Madden team every yeah. year. He would sort of the, the all Madden. I so watched the idea it every of the year. The video game was sort of like, well, let's feature these kind of, mm-hmm. all Madden, you know, so that was kind of carryover from that. Uh, but when they initially approached him, 
uh, he said no because they it was going to be a six on six. Yeah, that, that's all they kind of had the technology for. And he's like, "Don't put my name on that. Mm-hmm. Like, um, that's not football." Yeah, um, he's like, "So you know, call me when when you can replicate the game itself." So they're like, "You know, sir, that is years away. We're yeah. ready to go to market on this." He's like, "I don't care. That's not football." So we did hold off, and it meant that yes, Madden is football. Like, it is. There is eleven on eleven, and. There are conversations throughout the radio today, but saying that yeah, the younger generation of coaches may be a little bit better at the mm-hmm. at the two minute drill and otherwise because they have done so playing Madden. Yeah, um, they they have learned that these things are important, and if you don't want to lose to the guy who you're playing online with, trash talking in your ear, you can't waste opportunities. You know? And I'll just talk about him as an announcer. I mean, he could he made you understand what was happening. Uh, on the football field better than any other announcer before him. And then he impacted everybody who came after them, combining the like X's and O's with the most singular, uh, entertaining style. I, I always loved there. This is one of my favorite things is that he, one time he was like, used the telestrator where you could draw mm-hmm. on the screen. He circled one of the, the officials like and just a guy on the sideline and he said do you see this official this is aaron pointer he is the younger brother of the pointer sisters <laughs> and he was like this is the pointer sisters brother and that was always my favorite thing is that every week my my parents and i would be watching football and we're like are we gonna get to see the pointer sisters brother, the pointer brother? and that's only because of john madden yeah, he was great. Just to talk a little bit about uh, co- coaching, he coached for 10 years for the Raiders. Um, uh, uh, Al Gruden sort of picked him out of like San Diego State when yeah. he was uh, working under uh, Don Coryell. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, yeah, uh, 10 years, uh, he went to the uh, AFC Championship seven times. Yes. Um, was able to win one Super Bowl, never had a losing uh, record, mm-hmm. and uh, has the highest winning percentage of any coach who has coached more than 100 games, Incredible. even more than uh, our friend in New England. I also loved, um, he wrote a bunch of uh, books. His first one was called, Hey, Wait a Minute, I Wrote a Book, which is hilarious. <laughs> then his second one, which I love too, was called One Knee Equals Two Feet, which is about like one of the yeah. like official standards of that. So, And then he was just always on television. Like he did the Tenactin commercials, yes. and he did like the early like Miller Lite commercials. Tastes great, less filling. some sort of popcorn popper yeah. thing and all that. Yeah, it was great. And I, I would just uh, speak to this quickly. We just got um, so uh, yeah. Uh, uh, growing up, uh, uh, you know, I I liked the Celtics and Bruins, maybe because they were winning mm-hmm. from New England, but I, I didn't like the Patriots or Red Sox. So I sort of went in search of a team, and just seeing the Raiders, mm-hmm. um, who just had the style of, like these sleek offensive players and these like dangerous guys on defense. Yeah. But there was talk about larger than life. There was this guy like who is this guy? Mm-hmm. Sort of like. With Andre the Giant hands and they're, <laughs> yeah. they're like, who is this guy commanding? They're like, so even the coach was like, worth showing up for. So I was just like, I like that team. Yeah, I'm going to follow this team. <laughs> um, so that was my little thing. Like, I think you, should, everybody, parents, let let your kid choose one sports team just based on what's what's this team about? Whether it's the yeah. color of the uniforms or otherwise, rather than you're going to like this team because we've always liked this team. I, and how about like he also had the Madden Cruiser, yes. you know, because he famously didn't fly. And so everybody knew that this guy did the bus and there was always like stories about being on the bus and traveling throughout the country. He was just a larger than life character and just 
just amazing for football and sports and in general. A weird thing to say, but I appreciated him. Same thing about Johnny Carson, which is, and then when yeah. he was done, mm-hmm. he was done. You didn't yeah. sort of get him sort of coming on and sort yep. of stumbling his way through, uh, you know, a segment and like that. When he was just like, I loved what I did, and yep. now I'm, I'm ready to be done and be with my family and otherwise. Thanks for listening to Run That Back. We'll see you next week.